Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. This generation, today's modern parents, have been trying to parent and create families that look a lot different than what we were raised in. And kudos to us for trying to do that and define, trying to create and be intentional about creating families where mothers can be in the workforce and can work and don't have to sacrifice having a family to do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. I don't think I've ever seen more. Is the word memes when you keep looking on Instagram and you see quotes that moms repost a lot? You will see that a lot of them are from motherly. A lot of them. And I have on Katie's crib today the person behind motherly and behind those brilliant, self affirming, life affirming, mama affirming. Um, quotes and phrases and things that I see. And I'm always like, holy crap, that's so right on. And they're always by motherly. Um, To know a little bit about Jill Koziel, she is, like I said, the co-founder and CEO of Motherly, which if you don't know, let me tell you, it's a well-being destination empowering mothers to thrive with incredibly expert content, innovative product solutions, and a supportive community, which we all need. We cannot do this alone. Motherly engages an audience of 40 million plus readers and viewers a month with on-demand parent education classes, Webby award-winning videos, the Motherly podcast, essays, articles, and a highly engaged social media community. That's what I'm talking about with all those posts. (laughs) It's so good. 
Jill is also the co-author of The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, Redefining the Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum Journey, and This is Motherhood, a motherly collection of reflections and practices. Jill is passionate about serving and empowering women and mothers because when mamas are successful, everyone wins. She is an advocate for families, female founders, and how to thrive with multiple sclerosis. Jill lives in Park City, Utah with her husband and her two daughters. Jill, welcome to Katie's Crib. Hi, Jill. Hello. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. So let's start here. Did you always want to be a career working mom? Oh, wow. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, <laughs> and great question. Um, I... I had a lot of different models. And, you know, if you see it, you can be it. I had a lot of different models in my life of stay-at-home moms, part-time working moms, of um, of entrepreneuring women. Um, and I, yeah, I think I did. I My father was an entrepreneur, and I think I always saw myself with a vision of, of contributing in, beyond my own small world in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. I already described it a little bit, but let's hear it in your words. What is motherly, and how did you and Liz develop it? So, well, I'll start with how we developed it because we developed motherly because it didn't exist and we needed it. We were millennial mothers. We are millennial mothers. And we felt as though media and the world were treating motherhood as almost cartoonish um, and really building and creating these mommy wars that just didn't really reflect our lived experiences. We looked around us and saw women that were becoming mothers that were incredibly educated, incredibly supportive, kind of a you do you generation. And we found that as digital natives, what was out there in the world um, when we became moms, you know, 10 years ago, just didn't really align with our expectations. And so we launched Motherly really to be a next generation brand um, that that showed women that motherhood could be an opportunity to nurture, not lose yourself. And so we launched Motherly as woman-centered, not baby-centered, to be evidence-based and expert-driven, not user-generated content, which sadly can often be a race to, bo- race to the bottom or alarmist. Yeah. And we yeah. also um, launched it to be empowering and non-judgmental and not scary. Um, and so Motherly is a well-being destination, as you said, that is for our 40 million plus moms that kind of gather together to, to find a way to live their best life as women and as mothers. And what does Motherly offer for its 40 million participants? So we are a destination and a hub of content around motherhood from planning a pregnancy through elementary. And we're kind of growing with the millennial generation and meeting her where they're at. So I've got elementary age children myself. They're, you know, we're kind of moving into that space. Um, We provide expert content, um, guides from everything from shopping guides um, on tested and reviewed products to also like the how-tos of things, like from a sleep regression to weaning from breastfeeding and all in very empowering ways. We also have just like millions and millions of views on video. Um, And so video is a really big place for us as well. Social media, very large on Facebook, Instagram, growing on TikTok now. Ha! Look at you. I know. Trying trying to keep up with everyone. Uh, Yes. uh, Me, myself, getting a little bit older, but need need to keep up. Um, (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah, we have the Motherly Podcast. We have books. And we've just launched a digital education platform. So we are the place to go as a hub for digital online classes from parenting. Wow. 
What kind of classes are you going to offer? Tell us a little bit yes. about that. Well, everything. So we stand really tall in, in the kind of pregnancy and new mom space. And so we've got lots of classes around that. Like basically, you know, they always say motherhood doesn't come with the guide. Well, now it does. You've got motherhood. Ah! <laughs> so we're, we're there for everything from hypnobirthing and, um, you know, trying to conceive um, to then sleep classes and breastfeeding classes and birth classes and the such. And then we're also doing classes around you know, how to raise capable adults, conscious and mindful parenting, um, leaning into grandparents 101 is a class that we're developing right now to like give your grand, the to be grandparents to take about what's changed since they were parents. Um, Whoa, that's brilliant. I don't think any that definitely I've never heard of that before. That's brilliant. Well, we're so committed and obsessed to knowing what our user and audience wants. And like, I'm running a business run for moms by moms. So we've got a great cadre of ideas every day of what we need. Um, and again, if mothers are, you know, great innovators, natural innovators. And so we just find a problem and a gap in the market and we're here to fill it. This is a big question that we've talked a lot about on this podcast, and I would love to hear you speak on it. Why did COVID-19 just break open the impossible way in which mothers can effectively be in the workforce? Very big loaded question. Um, something that we have been really looking at for the last couple of years and living through and carrying this with our team of working mothers, as well as our entire audience. We have this year released our fifth annual state of motherhood survey results, and it's the largest statistically significant study on moms. And so um, we weight everything to the U.S. Census data. Like, so we we pull together this data to give voice to who this woman is and to the struggles. And we've so we have data now from the last you know two plus years on COVID specifically and how it's changed. And this is what I have found. This is a mix of kind of qualitative and quantitative data. What I believe is that this generation, today's modern parents, have been trying to parent and create families that look a lot different than what we were raised in. And kudos to us for trying to do that and define, trying to create and be intentional about creating families where mothers can be in the workforce and can work and don't have to sacrifice having a family to do it. And so I think you find partners that are much more engaged these days than in the past. And I think we've, we've made a lot of progress toward that. But, but it's outside of everyone's comfort zone. Then COVID comes along. And what we get with COVID is this thing that throws everyone outside of their comfort zone even more. And when you're faced with a crisis, you try to go back to what's comfortable. What worked? What have I seen in the past? And I think what we found is that mothers were disproportionately impacted by COVID because all of that effort towards trying to create a different type of family got put on the back burner. All this progress got put back and we went back to default parenting expectations, which is, you know, the man's out in the workforce working and the mom's taking home. We went back to what felt comfortable and it has set us back. Sometimes in my you know negative moments, it feels like it set us Ugh. back a generation, frankly. Yeah. When you look at the great resignation, it is not a surprise that the great resignation happened when schools were supposed to start back up and didn't. When you lose the backstop of government support for things like this, mothers are the ones that carry that unequal burden. Oh my God. It makes me honestly, like I feel emotional about it. Like I'm just like- You should. We need to be angry. Oh, it's so upsetting. Ugh. As running motherly, I mean- 
I find it can be really hard to practice what you preach. I really do. Like I a lot and, and oftentimes think that this podcast is the greatest gift. And then sometimes I'm like, I know exactly what I should be doing in this parenting moment and watch me not do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you manage it all? How do you manage motherly being a mother of two? Also, you're living with MS. Like how I mean, we're going to get into that later. But how do you manage being a working mother in a pandemic world? So loaded, loaded question. Uh, we can spend an entire episode probably talking about that. Um, I think it, it's important to note that just like parenting evolves and changes as your children age and you enter these different stages, like just when you think you've got it figured out, you don't, right? Things change. For me, yeah. being a working mother has been that way too. When we first launched Motherly, before we had any funding or any staff, like it was working without childcare during nap times. I had very young children. Um, and on weekends, you know, with a supportive partner, supportive husband who would take them on Saturdays and I would like power through. And now, and it has evolved and changed, you know, through the years with Motherly, where we have a great staff now that create, you know, helps facilitate, enable me to have better integration in my work and um, work and life. And um, now, like, we've got an au pair who just started on Friday. Um, this is a new phase for us. Our kids are going to be going a bit further away for school. And we need additional, like, we need driver support at this point to make it work. And so um, it's our childcare evolving and changing. It's frankly, as my means as our family have improved, you know, outsourcing things like this is there's privilege involved in this for sure. There's the fact that I have healthy meals delivered as an example. Um, and I do have the au pair. We have a home that can facilitate that and have someone live with us um, for it. But it also it's it's hard no matter what. It's very hard. Motherly is not a personality driven brand because I don't want people thinking I think I'm the perfect parent. Um, right. That is definitely not the case. Like I'm reading and learning from motherly and our experts every single day also. And mm. um, just like everyone else, like I'm kind of making it up as I go along too. <laughs> How um, keeping it personal at the moment, is this the first time you've ever had live in care? Um I know you said it sort of organically shifted from when you were doing everything when they were little littles and fitting in being a working mother during naps and during weekends, which I have a ton of friends that do that. And my God, um, it's insane. It's it really insane. It um, and doing work like you get the kids down at seven to eight o'clock at night and then you're working from till 1130 and then you're up at six doing it all over again. Um I'm getting PTSD reminding me. Yeah. Of you know, days. it's funny. I remember when my brother got my brother is a very, very, very involved dad. And even still, his wife got COVID and had to quarantine. This was in the beginning, quarantine mm -hmm. somewhere else. And they had a very young baby. And he was getting up at 4 a.m., working from 4 to 7 on his work, being with her from seven to 10, she'd take her first nap, then he would do work like he was. And he was like, that was the hardest week of my life. Like he was like existing on far as sleep. I was like, that's what moms do. Like it's right there. It's fucked up. It is so fucked up. So how's your mom guilt? Yeah. Talk to me about that, Jill. <laughs> it's it's real. Um. So, well, and one thing you, meant, you mentioned COVID and I, I didn't answer that first part of that other question, but I moved, I moved my whole family because of COVID. Schools were going to be closed in California. And my husband and I, who's also a very, you know, 
stressed out business person, um, was like, this is not going to work for our family. We're far from family. We need these kids in school. Like this does not work. And that is where I started to really feel a lot of mom guilt then because I wasn't showing up as my best self. Right. I mean, we had a, we had a, a whiteboard where we were outlining what things I needed to do. My husband and I needed to do for our, our own physical selves, for our family, for our household and for work. And we were putting showering on like to make sure we did those things at that time. And it just, we were not showing up as our best selves. I was, you know, I had a kindergartner at the time who could not like do the zooms and do all of that on her own. It was insanity. And so we, we like aborted ship. I mean, we literally mm. got in a car and drove to Park City, Utah because we heard the schools were going to be open. And we thought we were only going to stay here for four months because, you know, we thought the world would return to normal and it didn't. And we ended up buying a house. And so I've in a place that I had never known about or moved into before. And so I feel guilt because. I like ripped my family out of like their home, right. To make this work during COVID. But I also, again, that concept of mom guilt, like I'm Catholic too. So like I get, I get the guilt, right. I get yeah, the yeah, guilt. yeah. But it yeah. doesn't serve anyone, honestly. And so I, I am constantly like my children ask me about working and they're old enough now they're eight and 10. They understand that like I am doing something that I enjoy doing. Because I think it's important they see that moms enjoy work, that I enjoy what I'm doing, that it is contributing to our family. Um, I'm blessed that it's serving the world in a bigger way. Like they're proud of me, um, and oh, I and I, I that. think that helps. But I'm also always open to the fact that like we can change how we're doing this. We're not set in our ways, and I think COVID has kind of taught us that. Like the whole world can change in an instant, and so. If something's not working and not serving my family or making me feel guilty, like I will find a way to shift it and change it. Great. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made to be seen, very sexy push up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You were included in a documentary releaser by the E.W. Scripps Company earlier this year. The documentary titled Motherhood in America is all about moms and it acknowledges all the work mothers do and the challenges they face. And you mentioned in the documentary that family planning is on the top of your agenda and that you really you actually did really want to do it by yourself. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, we've been taught as women to try to do it all ourselves. Um, And so In the very beginning, I mean, I, when we first had our daughter, our first daughter, Claire, I remember I was adamant. I didn't want people visiting us the first two weeks. I wanted like me and my husband to do it. A bubble. Yeah. I wanted like a little bubble for us to figure it out. And I, you know, I didn't want childcare help. I didn't want help with like housekeeping. Like I felt this like sense of like identity and like this need to do every single thing myself. And it, I mean, it nearly killed me. I mean, that was impossible, especially when I went back to work sooner than, you know, like most American women, um, sooner than my body and like my emotions were ready for me. And it nearly killed me. And I remember talking to my mother-in-law who is a dentist and has always had either had her own practice or worked. And she sees that I'm okay asking for help and, and frankly, demanding that we have help in our family. And she says that she's almost like, not in a negative way, but like envious of the fact that I have come to terms with the fact that I can't do it all. Finally, it took years uh, in, in my MS diagnosis, but that I come to terms that like, I'm okay accepting the help because as a woman, you know, raising children in the eighties, like she didn't have that. She didn't have, right. like, she couldn't right. give herself that permission. And she sees like how much more present I can be with my children because I'm not scrubbing the floor at the same time. Right. Like I'm able to find, and again, there's privilege involved in that, but like we trade off other things, right? Like right. I, I prioritize those things so that I can make it work for both my mental and physical health. Mm. Um, what were some of the moments in your life where you recognized that 
other someone else could do something faster, cheaper, better. For example, like you said, maybe you need help cleaning your house. Maybe you need help, you know, as a driver. Like that's something that like you can outsource that might actually make it so that you can earn more money in that time uh, in another way. Can you give me some examples of moments like that? It was definitely motherly as we started to scale and grow and realizing that I had to hire people at motherly to do more things, right? Like that was the starting point for me that made me realize that Mm. like, maybe I can do this thing, but I'm not the only person that can do this thing. And by me trying to do all the things, I'm actually holding back this business and our potential. Right. Um, And so I started getting more comfortable hiring people for motherly. And then I started realizing, oh, whoa, that person can do that better than I did it. Right. And so I got past that mental block of it. And then I started realizing, I started understanding what it was like to scale. Right. And then I said, well, if I can scale in my business life, then I can probably scale and better optimize in my personal life too. And it was definitely um, a really important moment when we raised our first outside funding. So Motherly's venture backed, which means we have investors. This is, um, so we're meant to be a high growth company. And you can't do that if you're constantly distracted by the mental list of things that you need to be doing for your home and your household too. And so I knew that I was going to let those investors down and that frankly, I had a fiduciary responsibility um, to find a way to make this work better. It reminds me, Kerry Washington, who's one of my dear, dear friends, you know, she's such a a titan in, in all, in all ways, but she's, you know, such so career driven and excellent mother of three. She you know, runs businesses, has a production company, a million things going on. And she used to say to me, if you're always just maintaining, you'll never be able to grow. Absolutely. And so if you just spend your days in reaction to everything going on, whether that's in the with the kids or in your business, you'll never be able to like have the brain space to actually do something better or figure out what it is exactly that you want. And it's, and it's releasing yourself from these self-limiting models that you have of who and what you are. Right. And, and again, this gets back to like, I do think our generation has been trying to be very intentional about creating a different type of family and dynamic than maybe we were raised in. And I am just, I think that's such an amazing thing, but it takes intentionality and it's uncomfortable. And it is, um, it's always like, you know, two steps forward, one step back, right? And making those kinds of changes. But you have to break things apart and go outside of what feels comfortable in order to have that growth. Is being a mom harder or easier than you imagined? New motherhood was so much harder. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I... I know. You really don't know until you get there, right? <laughs> no. I'm convinced every person is like, I think I'll be okay. Like, I think I'll be okay. And then you get there and you're like, I am not okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I did not appreciate the physicality of motherhood. I mean, breastfeeding was incredibly hard for me. And then I had all that guilt around like, you know, switching to formula. And now mm. I'm pissed off that I understand so much more about formula that there weren't better choices mm. in formula then. Mm. Um, but like, I, I had... I had no idea how my body was going to be rocked and that it wasn't just this like postpartum period, that it was really like reclaiming my body took really, really long time to feel like it was my own. And I mean, there are still times with an eight and 10 year old that I'm like, mommy needs a little personal space. Like, 
I need you a little further away from me right now because I'm oh, yeah. feeling touched out. Oh, yeah. I said that to my son this morning. He kept like I was having conversations with other people and he kept grabbing like my face to look at him and pay attention to him. And I just got my period today. So I'm like super sensitive to touch. It's like I'm just like, please do not touch my body unless you have asked permission first. Also, please use your words. Say excuse me and then be patient to wait until I say, yes, I hear you. Give me a moment. You know, give me a moment. And I was like so touched out this morning. I couldn't handle it. Yes. Oh, my God. So there are things like that that are so much harder. There are other things like having a second child. It was so much easier to love a second child. I agree. I had a very similar experience. Like, I did not have the, like, I feel bad about having a second kid or am I going to have enough room in my heart for a second kid? Yeah, no, that all was seamless for me too. Thank God. Yeah. Thank goodness. I mean, we all, again, it's a lot of times I think of it like as a CEO, I you know have to worry about technology and we're a digital based company. And I always tell my tech team, they'll laugh if they listen to this, that like, I know enough to be dangerous. So the things that I think are easy to do from a tech perspective are actually really fucking hard. And the things that I think are hard, they're like, we can do that in 30 seconds. And and that's how parenting I think is. Like my expectations are often very, very off. And I'm starting to learn that bigger kids, bigger problems. Um, The physicality is a lot less now. They're older, but I think you know, I'm, I'm entering, I've got two daughters, like I'm entering into like the tween oh, and teen geez, stage. So like, pray for me. <laughs> yeah. You're wa- Yeah. Bigger problems in the mental yes. health. You're in a different phase. Oh my God. I'm terrified. Exactly. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You mentioned on your Motherly website, which is incredible. Everybody listening, go to the Motherly website. Thank you so much uh, that you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis three months after launching Motherly. Oh. How? Tell me about your mental health space after receiving the news. Oh, that would be the low point of life, I have to say. Um, So I developed optic neuritis, which is the most common um, way of getting, um, of starting to experience MS, um, which is almost like you have like a bug screen over, like a bug screen over your eyes. So I could still see, but there were like, it wasn't, and it was clear, but there were like black spots in it almost, right? Mm -hmm. And that was weird because I was 35, which by the way, happens to be the average age of onset of multiple sclerosis for women. And so the good news is when you get optic neuritis or any kind of weird eye thing and you're 35, like the optometrist sees you immediately. And so um, I was actually diagnosed very quickly. Um, Some people, it takes decades to get diagnosed. And so I was diagnosed within 10 days of onset of symptoms Um, And that was a combination of, of being able to advocate for myself and feeling entitled to advocate for myself, um, having an excellent network, having great health insurance and like being an area in the Bay area with like Stanford and UCSF and great access to care. And had any of those things not been true, it could have taken me a lot longer. So in equity and healthcare is like a whole nother topic for a podcast, but yeah, um, we've done them and it's Dismal. Yes, it is. And so, so I was diagnosed very quickly, but yeah, it was three months after launching Motherly and like launching out with like from Google headquarters in New York and, you know, the eyes on us and like wanting to scale and had worked so hard to launch this thing. And I was floored. I mean, it's one of the few times I've been brought to my knees in my life because I found out that like, not only did I have this problem, but I had actually had seven or eight lesions in my brain, which are like, things, only one was active at the time, but those are like scars on your brain from having had, you know, episodes of some sort along the way. And I, I had to look, I had to make really hard decisions really fast and including one, which was to start a really aggressive medicine that would stop MS in its, in its tracks, which it did. But I also had to decide that we were done having children because it's known to, um, have birth defects. And I, 
I mean, we made that hard family just choice for ourselves and it, um, it was the best choice. Um, and, but yeah, then I was doing, you know, a, a med every month with my team on, you know, I'd be at the hospital, um, for an outpatient, but be at the hospital for the, the infusion that I would do every month and like while there. And, you know, I'd be fine at the beginning of it. And by the end, like they'd see my head kind of oh roll down. Oh my gosh, Jill. Uh, and just, oh my gosh. But like, I couldn't stop. I mean, I, if you ask Liz, I don't think I took a full day off the whole time because we just couldn't. Um, and I'm a woman, I'm a mom. I just kept powering on. Um, mm. But then later I started to learn that this was kind of a wake up call. Like the MS wasn't caused by my stress, right. Or anything related to that, but it was certainly the wake up call that I needed to find better balance in my life and to find mm. tools that could help me create space so that I really could prioritize my health and, and show up best as the CEO of Motherly, but also as the CEO of my family. Mm. I know that self-care is very, very important um, in terms of like, like walking when it's too hot out, like, like a lot of things like that's such a stupid example, but just meaning to say you really have to reevaluate your life um, and make it so that you stay healthy. Um, how tell me about reevaluating things like that uh, and how that affected your career and your family dynamics. So because I was diagnosed so quickly and my first flare, like real flare that impacted my life was able to kind of revert back. I have what's called remitting relapsing. It remitted, it came back. It, I mean, it, it went away and it's never come back for me because of the meds that I'm on. And I'm on Oprivis now, um, so it's a different med, but switched over to that. And it's like the most widely used and just, it's a game changer for people. Um, right. And because of that, I have zero symptoms, like zero symptoms um, wow. from it. Again, everyone's lived experiences Different. differently with MS. So I've been very, very lucky with that. And, but it still taught me, like I exercise. I remember my doctor said, most people, you know, say, oh, I want to exercise like three to five times a week. Like that's what it takes to be healthy. And he's like, for you, you need to think to yourself, five is my minimum. Because MS is a, is, can be a layering disease, right? And so as I age, we don't want something else to get layered on, like with obesity or diabetes or some other, you know, health related issue. He's like, you need to be as healthy as you possibly can so that if for some reason the MS starts to come back, you're not layering it on top of other things. Wow. 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 But what Great. a gift Got is it. that? Yeah, no, you're like, you're not. Uh, look, we should all exactly. be working out or taking care of our yes. physical bodies. But you know that very deeply right now. Well, I had a doctor actually like write me a prescription for it in a way, right? And tell you like, you have to do it. And and I was right. so scared at that time of MS and of like, of, of becoming this debilitated person, which is what you see, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that I was like, okay, got it. Like I will do. So it's eating whole foods, not processed foods, not a lot of sugar, working out and finding space for like mindfulness and meditation too, right? Like to clear that space for myself. And that last one's the hardest, but I've meditated every day this week, um, which is doing good. Well done on you, Jill. I've sat down to start every day and then my son comes in and I'm like, oh, okay. How did motherly and your family support you through the diagnosis? Oh, I mean, 
Liz Tennedy is my co-founder and Mm -hmm. she is the yen to my yang. Um, Mm -hmm. We became so close through motherly as a whole, like no one else in the world knows what it means to be a co-founder of motherly, but her. Right. And so this really intense relationship bore through the ups and downs of startup life um, and through MS. And um, she was, has always been incredibly supportive and, um, and the whole team too. Um, In the early days, you know, Katie, I, I was nervous to tell our investors um, because of the stigma attached to MS. I mean, it's a neurological disease, right? And I'm a, there are so few women in venture-backed businesses, running venture-backed businesses, and even fewer mothers doing it. I didn't want to give any reason why, mm. you know, mm. that could hold me back in some way or why they shouldn't invest. And so, you know, I met with our attorneys and they said, look, like this is, you have doctors saying it's not holding you back. You don't have to tell them. So I waited a little while to really share that diagnosis until diagnosis until I felt like motherly was strong enough on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard, but I had the support of my team and I had the support. And ultimately, I learned I have the support of my investors too, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then on the family side, um, my husband is amazing, Pete. Um, Yay, Pete! Yes. <laughs> He's he's a re he's a true partner. Um, he, I will say, and he, he would acknowledge this, like it is very uncomfortable in our family when I am weak for whatever reason, like he is so used to me being strong and solid and like the, the rock that everyone else can lean on that when there are moments when I show weakness, like it sets the family off kilter, but like, and, and he has a hard time initially responding, but like when I am there standing there in that weakness and he can like really internalize it. He's there. He shows up and he he carries the load when he needs to, um, which is wonderful. Um, and then also, you know, it's also girlfriends, right? Like, sure. I mean, women, like I have a friend, um, I had a really hard time going to the first, I went to an MS walk after I was first diagnosed and like trying to internalize and process the fact that I had a disease that required a walk, right? To right, fundraise for right, it. And, right. Of course. Um, and I was so traumatized seeing the people and like the disabilities that came from yes. it later. Sure, and, sure. um, and I was really like not looking forward to it the next year. I almost felt like a survivor guilt of sorts that that wasn't sure. for me. And I had a dear friend, Evan, who told me, gave me permission. She's like, Jill, this is not your story. Like you don't have to go and do that right? Like you choose what is your story in this and it doesn't right. have to be what you, th- there's no should or supposed tos. Right. So friends, family, and thank you, Pete. Um, can you give us some examples of when you pushed p- like past guilt, whether it's work guilt or family guilt, and you prioritize self-care instead? How do you make those calls? How do you, how did you meditate every day this week? So <laughs> this is a new one. Okay. I took a transcendental, um, um, transcendental me- a meditation course a couple years ago when things were like not going well with motherly and like I was not sleeping and like there was this like stress cycle kind of happening then and I sure. knew sleep was so critical so I took the sure. course then and then I've been horrible at following up on it and so um, I for whatever reason I just felt like now's the time to come back to that practice and so um, I have just woken up I'm not doing the whole thing right now. I'm not being a good like TM practicer, but woke up 10 minutes earlier than I normally do. And I sat up and I meditated Um, just for 10 minutes. Hey, that's fucking huge. Yes. 
and not, and you know what? No one even knew because it was 10 minutes earlier, right? Like, so no one in the family, no one was running in to wake me up. That's going to happen like tomorrow now that I've said this. Um, so there's that, but the guilt side of it, you know, I mean, every day today I had a call starting at 8 a.m. and I had a workout class at 8.30 and um, I talked to my chief of staff while I'm driving there and like it's summer. The kids are, you know, home from, you know, camp doesn't start till later. And so it's not part of like the normal routine. And I was like, daddy is going to take you to camp today. Like I'm doing this. And this is where like the clawing at like, no, mommy, what are you going to pick us? Are you going to pick us up? Like, no, the au pair is going to come pick you up today. And like, there are times in my life where I probably would have been like, okay, like I'll stay. Maybe when they were younger, maybe like I'll stay, like my workout doesn't need to happen. That's me. Uh, But damn it. No. Like, yeah, damn it. No. Yes. And I, and I think I feel a responsibility too, because I'm raising daughters that I want to raise daughters that understand self-care that I model it for Mm. now. Mm. Because I want mm. them to have a healthy relationship and I don't, I want it to feel like organic for them. I don't want it to have to be like hard in the way that it is for us. Right. And so I, I kind of feel like I wipe away a little bit of the guilt because I tell myself that I'm modeling something important for them. Yeah. I do that when I go to work and he's like, no, you're always going to work. You're always leaving. And I just flip it around in my brain and I say, and I'm, I, I love my job. I'm so happy that I get to go to a job that I love so much. And my hope for you is that someday you get to go to a job that you love so much I to go to. I love that. So important. <sighs> but so I'm important. saying it out loud right. to convince myself yes, to totally. get over the mom guilt. Totally. How were you practicing saying no to others after you found out about your diagnosis? Like, what would you say was the best way to practice and follow through on saying no f- for you? You know, that's a great question because there's, I actually wrote a small essay in the, this is motherhood book. Um, cause I'm not one of the, I'm not one of the writers at motherly, like again, play to other people's superpowers. That's, yes. not, that's not my thing. Um, yes. But I did write one about that because again, speaking about wise women in your village of sorts and friends, um, I had this woman, um, Lori and, and my circle of friends in California and she, her children are a little bit older. So she's like, you know, a couple stages ahead. And she talked about, um, she'd had a cancer diagnosis um, early, when her kids were a little bit younger. And she just said, you know, this is not my season for saying yes. This is my season for no. And like the seasons <laughs> will always, like seasons change, right? And like my yeah. time will come. And yeah. that was so freeing. And so I just started saying like, you know, that's like if someone asked me to like volunteer at school as an example, right? Like, this isn't really my season for volunteering right now. And so like, but like, please ask me again, like next year, like, shit, that's good. (laughs) That's really good. Not this season. You know, this isn't my season for that. Oh my God. That's really funny. Yes. And then you have to like, and then talking about stories you tell yourself and saying it out loud, but also like, this is not my season for cooking in the home either personally. I've never been in that season. (laughs) I, I don't I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, but I've never been in that season in my whole life. I mean, a kid's menu I'm fine with. I can do fucking meatballs, spaghetti, yep. chicken fingers, quesadillas, whatever. That's all fine. But like a season for cooking actual shit, never gonna happen. Don't care. Not a value of mine. Not a value. Exactly, exactly. And leaning into those things and letting the guilt go about them and just being like, this is not, that's not not my thing right now. Yeah, I'm not yep. not my season. That is so funny. 
one other kind of tip on that is I also, um, I started to prioritize, like if I am going to volunteer with the schools back then, I said, I want it to be in a place where my children see me. So like, I'm not going to be on like the organizing committee, but I'll show up to do the thing. So my kids see me there. And like, I'm part of that experience with them. Like if I could pick and choose. So that was really important too. Shit, that's good. Who gave you that tip? That one I just kind of like figured out. But here's the difference. Now that I'm, you know, a CEO of a company, I can do my best, my most, my highest driven purpose is joining the board of things. And right. So now I can have the largest impact in the shortest amount of time. Right. Right. So again, the, the right. seasons change for like what you need and how you can work it. Wow. What would you say to women who are moms who are looking to start a business? Start talking about it every day with everyone. Like start trying on for size what that is. We have a lot of self-limiting talk that we do for ourselves, especially as women and even more as moms. And the biggest advice I can give is just start talking about it. Create that feedback loop. See what people have to say. Um, it'll change how you talk about it the next time, right? Like just put it out there into the world and see what kind of goodness comes from that. Um, the more you talk about it, the more support you get, the more you, you know, iterate the idea through talking about it, the bigger it becomes. It's, it's like watering a plant, right? Like it will continue to grow. And so, and a lot of people hold it too close, like their idea, they, they keep it, you know, they kind of put it aside and they keep it so close and, you know, they feed it quietly on the side, but like, no, put it out there in the world and talk about it as much as you can. This is such a great and achievable tip. Like that is, you just keep watering, just keep talking about it, talk about your idea, talk about the business you want to do, talk about it with anyone who listen. It's family, it's friends, it's the school drop off, like whatever the fuck it is, just talk because that's sort of how my husband started the pretzel business. And then like one thing started, my husband started a pretzel business during the pandemic. But anyway, Amazing. it was like through just opening his mouth, like constantly, it really does work. Okay, then the opposite of that question, what tips and support do you give women who have huge careers already? who are becoming first-time moms? Ah, uh, yes. So it's time to radically prioritize um, and, and to acknowledge that you are not going to be able to do all of the things. You're going to be a master at your calendar. You're going to be so much more efficient. You're going to gain all these superpowers through motherhood that are going to make you better at your job. Yeah. But you've got, to, you'll learn, like I did, to hire really good people that like, don't be scared of them being better than you. That's a good thing. Um, and to really empower them in a different way to free you up some on the business side. And then the same thing at home, like do the things that bring you joy and have the biggest impact with your child and with your, with your partner, if you have one and like, and let the rest of it go, let it go. Yep. That is so great. Such great advice. Any advice for mothers, what they can do if they feel like it's all too overwhelming and impossible? Talk about it again. Um, talk about yeah. it with your partner. Talk about it with your friends and talk about it with your doctor. You know, we've got a mental health epidemic in this country that has been exacerbated by COVID, um, by the pandemic, um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, and, you know, post lack of structural and governmental and societal support for mothers generally, like talk to your doctors about it. And so often women's medical issues, mental or physical, are not 
um, are not really taken seriously in the medical world. And so if you feel like you're not being taken seriously, go to another doctor. Yeah, you have to advocating for yourself. You have to. If you feel like you are not a priority, not getting the attention you need, people aren't listening to you and you don't feel well mentally or physically, go to someone else. Exactly. You Women intuitively understand when something is not right with their bodies. We are very, very capable of that. And the thing that we're not always so good at is advocating for ourselves and, and giving voice to those things. And again, we put ourselves on the back burner over and over again. And I, I say all the time, if a mother is thriving, then and only then can a family and a community thrive. And so we're at the center. I love that. We are the center. Good Lord. Yes. Do you have any favorite stories about your kids? Oh, goodness. You know, I actually have, I should have, if I'd known you were asking this, I would have brought it with me. Um, I had this little five, um, one line a day journal, like a five-year journal. It's like this big. And I did, and I did it for like three years or like two and a half. Oh, I, I did it one page. And then I was like, I'm not doing this. Three years is good. Good Lord. Good on you. The girls were two years apart. So there's a lot of cuteness happening in three years, right? Sure. Um, oh, and so I would put yeah, like yeah. quotes down of like what they would say. I used it as that more than anything. Um, and I just, um, my daughter found it. My 10-year-old found it the other day. And I was like, you know what? I might pick it back up like seven years later and just start again with it now. Great. Um, so it's, to me, it's, it's not like the big things. It's the little tiny things that make me so happy and make me smile. Like she reading that, she remembered that um, her sister's name, when we moved here, she changed her name from Kate to Catherine. I mean, she's seven. So like, you know, you can tell how you can tell how high school is going to be for us already by that little anecdote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am no longer Kate. I will only be called exactly. Catherine. So sure. I'm reading through this and apparently Claire, our eldest, used to call her Tate. She couldn't call her Kate. Um, and then there was another one in there that Kate at the time, Catherine now, um, someone came up and like said, like an adult and was like, you know, what's your, you know, what's your name? And she's like, she's like, my name is Kate, but you can call me Cubby. And like, never, ever has anyone called her Cubby. Like she gave herself this nickname. <laughs> Cute. So, yeah. There's all, it's all the tiny little moments that add up over time. And, you know, I wish I had taken more video actually when they were little, little, um, just to capture all of that. Well, you were a little busy. It's I okay. I was a little busy. Touché. It's okay. It's okay. Um, two more last questions and then we'll go. Um, how do you believe this is? We do so many podcasts on this, but if you have anything to add to this, great. And if not, I get it because it's too much. How do you believe that America can change and provide better for moms in the workspace? Oh, Katie, I got a list on this one. I mean, <laughs> oh, go, okay. Oh, yeah. Go read the state of motherhood study from 2022 or hell, go read all five of them. Okay. If you want a playbook on what mothers need, because through Motherly, they have told us what they need. They need paid maternity leave. They need parental leave in this country. Like we need parental leave in this country. End stop. Yes. <sighs> Second, they need affordable childcare. We need affordable childcare. Yes. Yes. It's, it yes. Is, and, and here's I learned this recently. Do you know that during World War II, when women had to go to work in factories, 
Do you know that we had government provided childcare for all of the children? If you were a working mother, you dropped your children off with these at these beautiful locations for all of your children. They took your child to the doctor for you. I get the chills. They took your child to the doctor. And when you picked your children up at the end of the day, they gave you a casserole so you didn't have to make dinner. Shut the front door, Jill. Like we've done this. Guys, this. this is fucked up. It we're set up to fail. It's fucked up. It's 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 what we are doing is impossible. And here's here's for you, Katie, and for your for your listeners. The millennial generation is the first generation in history in which women are more educated than men. Okay. I read this on your site. It is no longer a nice to have for women to be in the workforce. It is an economic and competitive imperative, which means in order for our country to be competitive in the world, we have got to figure out how to keep women in the workforce after they become mothers. We have to support them or we are going to lose as a country, as a society. Like this is not a nice to have anymore. It's an imperative. (sighs) Ooh, you're gonna make me cry. But those are two totally things. And by the way, regardless of party, everyone is everyone, every single person that we, I mean, it's like, it is one of the few things that everyone is aligned on in this country is paid paternity leave, like government paid supported paternity leave and affordable childcare. That's it. That is what we need in this country. If we did those two things. Oh, oh my gosh. It would be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who has that? Finland, Norway, Sweden. I mean, we're the last developing country, I feel like, that doesn't have paid paternity leave. But (sighs) there's others that do and have it much longer. They're smaller countries. They're less diverse. It's harder. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is big and gnarly in a lot of different ways. Um, But we can do this. We can. We have to. It's imperative. We will lose. Women are better and smarter and more educated than men. They have to be in the workplace. Okay. Finish this sentence and then I'm letting you go. Parenthood is... Parenthood is chaotic. And the chaos, but like there's so much beauty in the chaos too. There's so much hardship. There's so much beauty. Like, but it is, it is chaotic. There is like always, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of physical needs. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of food to make and be fed. You know, like it's a lot, but it's, it is, it's beautiful. So like my first thought actually was beautiful and magical And then I was like, but it's not, those are too clean of words. It's actually Mm -hmm. chaotic. And that can be beautiful too, but it's definitely challenging and worth it. Jill, thank you so much for coming on Katie's Crib. Everybody listening, please go to mother.ly. Jill, thank you for taking the time to come on Katie's Crib and speaking with our listeners. It was a wonderful hour. I learned a ton of stuff that I will take from me and you made me cry. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. It's been so fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at Katie's Crib at Shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 